It's got to be a huge understatement. A scary medical diagnosis will stop you in your tracks. Coming face to face with your own mortality is a moment in time that one never quite shakes. Yeah, and then come the next steps, really. Getting to the best course of treatment can certainly be daunting. Today we're talking about radiology because it can be confusing, sometimes it can be scary, and sometimes it can be life-saving. But people can tend to focus on that scary part, too. You know, we think of cancer treatment, we think of radiology as a diagnostic tool. For me, that was the case. At UH, in fact, when I was five months pregnant, I was extraordinarily ill. Doctors could not figure out why. And the lowest moment for me is when they came in and said, we have to run scans. I laid on the table and I cried throughout the entire procedure. You know, forget about what was happening to me, even what was making me sick. All I could think about was harm to my baby. So, what happened? <laughs> so, it was ugly. Uh, gangrenous appendix, twisted off by my daughter's foot. Oh. I will spare you the details, but I can honestly say a month in the hospital, emergency surgery, the thing that scared me the most were the tests. Is fear of radiology legitimate? I'm Pete Kenworthy. And I'm Macy Jepson, and this is Healthy at UH. Heck yeah, the fear is legitimate. At least it was for me. Uh, but the person with the science behind radiology and the real answers is Chair of Radiology at University Hospital's Cleveland Medical Center, Dr. Donna Pletcher. Thank you for joining us today, doctor. Thank you for having me. So let's start with how radiology is used. I mean, it sounds like it's all phases of the medical journey. I mean, screening, diagnosis, treatment. Yes. So we have really a large part of diagnosis of any kind of medical condition. We do screen for cancer. We screen for breast cancer. We screen for prostate. We screen for lung cancer, pancreatic cancer. And at times, if a colonoscopy isn't successful, we actually even screen with a virtual colonoscopy using a CT scanner. So we're very good at screening and trying to find cancers or abnormalities very early on so that we can catch it at a very early stage. It not only impacts mortality and decreases the amount of death, but it also decreases morbidity. You might be able to avoid some of the more toxic treatments for cancer. So in addition to the screening, which is a big part of what we do, we also help diagnose in patients who are symptomatic. We're very instrumental in treatment of cancer and other diseases. We help with pain management, and we also are part of the survivorship of cancer patients' journey after they've been treated for cancer. So a huge part of, of a lot of medical conditions. Let's, let's start with that screening and diagnosis part, though, which is a, a huge part of the care. What really kind of piqued our interest when, when we started talking about this topic is how critical it is to get that diagnosis right the first time, right? How, how big is that? And, and what's the data say about that, the, the, the necessity to get that right and get that treatment on the right path to begin with? Well, I think it's really important to have specialists reading your scans so that um, you get the best read you can. We also are really good at doing non-invasive biopsies of anything that we think is suspicious. And we work very closely with our pathologists to make sure we get the right diagnosis early so we're not wasting therapies on somebody that's not going to respond. And we're using very targeted therapies. I mean, if you look today compared to 10 years ago, there were two types of lung cancer, let's say small cell and non-small cell. Now we have more than 40 types of non-small cell cancer. And the top 10 
have 10 different ways to treat them. So working hand-in-hand in a multidisciplinary team with the pathologists, with the oncologists, with the radiation oncologists and surgeons, we can help participate in planning that patient's treatment early on and treating as soon as we can. When I think of treatment, I think of radiation. Radiation and radiology are different. Could you explain that for us? Absolutely. So we're actually two incredibly different departments. And the doctors that do radiology have five years of training that are incredibly different than the five years of training that the radiation oncologists have. So we use radiation in x-ray. We use radiation in CT scans to help see inside the body to make a diagnosis or to track disease. We also, in radiology, use things like MRI scanners and ultrasound scanners that have absolutely no radiation. So we deal in imaging that does have radiation, and we also use imaging that does not have radiation. My mind went to this place of, when we were talking about making sure you get that diagnosis right the first time, you really want to be in a a place that's got the top latest up-to-date equipment, right? And I'm I'm sure we do here at University Hospitals, but I, I guess I just was curious as how important that is, and is that something patients should even think about or, or look at, or are they just, you know, to, to trust their doctor and, and wherever they go will have the latest equipment to, to give you the best results, to, to give you that best diagnosis? Right. I, I think the equipment is important. Technology is very important, um, and, and it changes all the time, right? So you want to go somewhere that has the latest and greatest up-to-date scanners, and you also want those scans read by people who are subspecialized in that particular area. We actually have a little group or a subgroup of radiologists here at University Hospitals that specialize in cancer imaging, right? We, we have a certain group that specializes in brain imaging. So we try to have as many of the higher-end scans read by the highest-end subspecialty readers. And that's important because then that's the only cancer they see. So they're used to seeing little idiosyncrasies within that. Correct. And there's, you know, the, the oncologic imager or the, the radiologist that specializes in cancer imaging, when they get an image, let's say, of a certain trial drug that we have going on right now, they can read that image and they will know what the side effects of that trial medication looks like and they won't confuse it with recurrence of tumor or growing tumor because they know exactly what they're looking for with that specific drug. And they work hand-in-hand with the oncologist who's giving that medication, and they work together as a team to track these patients and to make sure we know if the patient's responding to that therapy. As we sit here and learn more about this, I'm reminded that I also received radiology during the treatment when I was pregnant. So they used that to help scan the delivery of of the treatment, if you will, there was an abscess. Yes. And so they had to use the radiology to find that abscess and and to treat it. But I have to know, was my fear legitimate? I mean, and and how how common is that? What were you, you were afraid of getting radiation or you were afraid of the procedure itself? No, forget the procedure. I couldn't have cared less. I was, I was afraid of harm to my unborn child. Right. And I was afraid of radiation. So I think the fear is real, but you have to be educated on what kind of scans you're getting. So when you had a drain placed for your abscess in your abdomen or pelvis, ultrasound was used. There was no radiation used. We could see very well 
where our catheter is going as we're putting it in so that we get it in the exact right place. We do image-guided procedures such as that to, to um, take care of a problem. We do image-guided procedures to diagnose something, to take a biopsy of something, to take little pieces of tissue out. We do that in the breast, we do that in the liver, the lung, the kidneys, you know, we do it all over lymph nodes. So that in the old times, you would have to go to surgery to have that abscess drain. In the old times, you'd have to go to surgery to get your liver biopsy or your lung bi or whatever. Now we can do it as an outpatient and, and do it very precisely. And there's a very small incision just big enough to get a needle in there. Um, and the patient has a much better recovery now with our non-invasive image-guided procedures. So before we move on to, to the treatment world of radiology, let, let's back up a little bit um, to screening. Uh, and, and there's lots of things that, that fall under under this umbrella, right? We're talking about x-rays and CT scans and, and MRIs and ultrasounds. And what what are the differences there? What are those tests used for? And then what are the legitimate concerns there, right? Maybe with x-ray and CT, people are worried about some small dose of radiation. Is, is that fair? And then with MRI and ultrasound, is there any sort of inherent risk there too? I know it's a lot of questions in one. Okay. So screening, first of all, is very important because you want to catch cancer at the earliest stage you can before it's spread to lymph nodes before it's spread to the rest of the body. That's number one. The tests that we do that use radiation are x-ray and CT scan. An example of an x-ray screening exam is a mammogram. It's a, an incredibly low dose of radiation. It's actually equivalent to um, taking a round-trip flight to Florida between Cleveland and Florida. And people, I don't think, think twice about getting on that flight about radiation. The radiosensitivity or the, the breast tissue is not, um, the, the dose that you give to the breast tissue is not going to cause cancer that we know of. It's a very safe dose. We don't even um, line the rooms because it's such a low dose with lead. And it is uh, definitely outweighs the risks. The benefits are much greater. If you look at patients who actually get screened with mammogram, you can decrease death rates and mortality by up to 40%. So we think that starting at the age of 40 and screening yearly is very important uh, for women uh, for, bre for preventing death from breast cancer. If you move on to CT scan, we use CT scan really to screen for lung cancer. We also use CT scan to screen for cardiac disease, coronary artery scoring. We do these in certain patients. When you're doing a mammogram, you're doing it on all women 40 and older. When you're doing a CT scan for, for lung cancer, you're doing high-risk patients, patients who have history of smoking, so many pack years. They've actually decreased um, the threshold for sending patients for CT scans of the lung. And so the radiation there, because they are at such high risk, is, again, worth the risk-benefit ratio. So those... Um, tests use radiation. If you look at MRI, there's no radiation. So we do prostate MRI scanning and pancreas MRI scanning to scan for um, cancer. Again, certain populations of patients get those scans. Those don't have any radiation. And also, those two scans for those particular cancers do not have any IV contrast. We also use MRI for screening for breast cancer. 
We are the first ones in Northeast Ohio to have fast MR, which is less than 10 minutes. We um, offer that to patients who have dense breast tissue, even if they have no increased risk um, in their family. That does have IV contrast, but it has no radiation. Again, we think that um, the risk-benefit ratio is in the positive. You know, I think the, the benefit is it, it finds two to three times the cancers of a mammogram. So if patients want to opt for that, they have that option. We can also use ultrasound to screen for breast cancer in dense-breasted women. That has no radiation and, again, has no IV contrast, but doesn't pick up as many cancers as the MRI. So is it safe to say the radiation on some level gets a bad rap? There's a misunderstanding about? Well, I think, you know, radiation, it depends on um, the perception, right? CT scanners today have a much less of a dose to patients than they did 10 years ago, especially to the pediatric population. That was brought to our attention in the radiology realm that we needed to concentrate and decrease our doses and come up with new technology that decreases doses for pediatric patients. We then expanded that to all patients. So we have a much lower dose of radiation than we did in the past. So that is something we focused on. It is something real. Um, and, you know, you, you should ask your doctor when you're getting a scan, you know, is this necessary. I've had this many scans, but um, usually it's, you have to look at the risk-benefit ratio. And if you uh, need to find out if there's something wrong, that's the best way to look inside. I think it's worth it. Okay, let's move on to treatment now. Um, we've, we've recognized here today that radiation and radiology are different, right? Radiation is, is a form of, of cancer treatment. Yes. But radiology plays a role in treatment as well. It right? does. What it is does. That? There's different ways that it can contribute to therapy of cancer patients. One example is that we um, make a therapy such as if a patient's going to surgery and they're going to get a liver tumor removed. If it's a very vascular tumor, before they go to surgery, it can be days before, they can have a catheter put into that artery that feeds that particular tumor, and we can put small little particles in there that embolizes that tumor. So when that patient goes to surgery, the tumor may be smaller, and the tumor will be less vascular. So it's safer for the patient. Another example of that is if a patient's getting radiation therapy for prostate cancer, the rectum lives right next to the prostate, just behind it. So if we give radiation to that prostate gland, some of that radiation may bleed over into the rectum and cause damage to the rectum and cause problems because of that. And the rectum was in totally normal shape. So what we can do, we can use our image guidance, our ultrasound guidance that we talked about with the abscess, and we can inject a gel, a safe gel, in between the two, um, the prostate and the rectum, and we can also put markers around the prostate so that the radiation oncology doctor can deliver that radiation in a safer way so we can save the rectum um, from getting damaged, and we can also focus the radiation treatment to the prostate gland to get better treatment for that cancer. So those are two ways that we can help our colleagues, the surgeons and the radiation oncologists, treat their patients. Another way that, that we help treat cancer is we actually, our nuclear medicine radiologists, treat thyroid cancer by giving them radioactive material that goes straight to the thyroid. 
We also have what's called theragnostics, where we have things that are uh, radioactive material that we can see with imaging and will also go to tumors specifically, such as a neuroendocrine tumor. We can specifically target that tumor. The, the treatment will go right there and will cause radiation right there and cause um, damage to that tumor. We have another collaborative um, team of our interventional radiologists and our nuclear medicine radiologists who work together. There are small microspheres that are radioactive that come from the nuclear medicine world, and they are given to our interventional radiologists who, again, put a catheter into the liver and deliver it straight to that tumor and treat that tumor with that radiation so that that tumor is treated without having to go to surgery. So we might use those kind of techniques in um, tumors that aren't responding to normal chemotherapy or, or other ways to treat. So we are good at treating cancers more and more as technology advances. I wish our listeners could see your face <laughs> because this is your passion. Yeah. And I'm just so curious to know, you could, it could have been oncology, but you chose radiology. Why is that? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, when I was in medical school, I actually did multiple months of dermatology and graduated with honors in dermatology and did research in dermatology. I did a late elective in radiology, and um, I just realized that radiology touches so many aspects of medicine and helps figure out what's wrong with a patient very early on pediatrics, cancer, cystic fibrosis, you know, diabetes complications, heart disease, brain tumors, multiple sclerosis, you name it, radiology most likely, not always, might find it. And I just thought that that had the biggest impact on patient care that I saw during my medical school experience. So I changed my decision and quickly went um, to the match in radiology. Glad you did. I am too. <laughs> okay, so you talked about having a great impact. And, and another way that's done, certainly here at University Hospitals, is through research. And my guess is you and the radiology department are very heavily involved in research. Can, can you touch on that a little bit and kind of where things are going and, and what we're learning? Sure. I can talk about some wins that we've had in the past and progress that we've had in the past. We were doing research with the digital breast tomosynthesis 3D mammography before it was FDA approved. We were the first one in Northeast Ohio to have it. We were also the first one in Northeast Ohio to use the FAST MRI for screening for breast cancer. We were one of the early adopters of CT scanning for lung cancer, and we've scanned over 3,500 patients and found quite a few cancers that we otherwise wouldn't have found. We also do a lot of research in MRI. This research has been going on for over 30 years. And some of the things that we have developed here at University Hospitals are now routine around the world. One of the newest things that we've come out with is something called MR fingerprinting. And it's actually a way to quantitate MR images as opposed to just looking at a picture of a brain, let's say. And it's a way that we might be able to predict response to chemotherapy after the first dose of chemotherapy. That's something that's important to us because if the patient's not going to respond to that treatment, we'd like to stop it after the first dose instead of continuing on. We have a NIH grant looking at that. We are also using MR fingerprinting in the brain and the kidney. So that's something that we are really interested in using in the near and, and, and far future to see what kind of applications we can use that for. 
We've also been very active in using contrast material with ultrasound. That's something that actually hasn't um, been widespread used around the country. We use contrast with MRI, we use contrast with CT, but the contrast in ultrasound is actually small bubbles. And it's something that has helped us target exactly where tumors are, which ones have the most vascularity, and helps with um, imaging and treatment um, decisions. Um, as, we, as we start to wind down, doctor, I think it's, I can't even imagine medicine without radiology now that you've laid it out for us this way. I mean, how would we get these diagnoses without it? We wouldn't. We can't see inside the body without radiology. And how are you going to make the diagnosis without that? There is absolutely no way you could do that. And I think a lot of patients forget about radiology and forget about the radiologist. Part of radiology is the radiologist. They're the doctors behind those images that are interpreting and have the knowledge to interpret and look at those images and try to figure out what's going on. And patients don't think of those doctors. And those doctors are the ones kind of behind the scenes or in the shadows that are reading all these scans and trying to figure out what's going on inside of that patient. And that's what drove me to that subspecialty is because us as radiologists have a very big impact on patients' journeys, whether it's cancer, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, whatever it is. We are commonly imaging at a very crucial point in that patient's journey to figure out which road to take next. Is it a biopsy? It is a certain medication. What is it? And we're going to help make that decision. And so I'm very proud of what our radiology department has done. And I'm really part of my subspecialty because we have advanced technology to a point today. We are, we are able to image patients safer, find cancers earlier, and make the right diagnosis at the right time so we can treat as soon as possible. Dr. Pletcher, thanks so much for all this information. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Remember, you can find and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Search University Hospitals or Healthy at UH, depending on where you subscribe. And for more health news, advice from medical experts, and Healthy at UH podcast, you can go to uhhospitals.org forward slash blog.